Welcome to Ukulele is the New Black. I'm Meredith Harper and I love to play the ukulele. In this podcast I talk to ukulele players to find out why they play ukulele, what they love about it and how it's changed their lives. I wanted to play an instrument Cause musicians are so cool And I wanted to be cool But I found playing an instrument Was kind of hard Well, real life finally caught up with me So today is the first interview I've recorded remotely I had a chat with Chicago-based Jenny Peters One of the two ukulele sisters Who publish a heap of ukulele tutorials and books Which I think have a little more to offer Than your average tutorial I hope you think so too Enjoy. Ukulele player, introduce yourself. I'm Jenny Peters, and I'm one half of the Ukulele Sisters, which is Jenny Peters and Rebecca Bogart. And we have a lot of educational materials out there for people to learn from. Some of our books are called 21 Songs, and we have six different books that are 21 songs. And we also have another book that is published through a music company that was intended for children learning music in a public school setting. So why 21 songs? Uh, we originally, I, well, it just seemed like a nice number. And the original uh, point of the book, it was 21 songs in six days. And the idea that you could learn that much that quickly. That's a lot of songs in six days. The idea was also that it was, that I had the opportunity to teach ukulele to young people in a school setting. So what happened is I returned to to teaching classroom music. I'd been teaching orchestra, and I returned to classroom music, and there were 30 ukuleles on the wall. They That particular year, we had classes that were 45 because they were they needed to have more. Um, they, ne- they had specialists, and they needed us to cover more students. So I had 45 students for a half hour a week. So I wanted to try to teach them ukulele. That's a lot of kids to teach at one time. So I came up with this idea of teaching them to do a lot of one chord songs when they were first learning so that they could learn how to strum on the beat and sing a rhythm. So we started with very simple folk songs such as Are You Sleeping and Row, Row, Row Your Boat and uh, other, other kinds of songs like that and very gradually moved into the two chord songs, which would be things like Simple Gifts and... Um, Shoe Fly Don't Bother Me and some of the other songs like that. So when I, so what happened is I got all these ukuleles. My background was in violin. I thought, wow, I'll just go home over the weekend and learn how to play the ukulele. I'll just go on YouTube. It's only got, it's, still, it's got four strings. How hard could it be? Uh, well, <laughs> I found I could do the chords really easily and I found I could do the left hand really easily. But when it came time to do the strumming and make it sound anything other than totally stilted, I had no clue. So I tried teaching anyway. It wasn't terribly successful. The kids were excited because they got to play the instruments. But then I took a class at the Old Town School of Folk Music here in Chicago. I studied with a woman from Hawaii, Lonnie Lee, and she taught me Hawaiian strumming patterns. And she also, and of course her songs, she was teaching adults. She would have started with three chord songs. But she said when she taught the really young students, she did one chord things because she wanted them to have the experience of success and the experience of rhythm and the experience of being able to sing and play. So I was very excited. I went out to California to visit my sister. I was like, this is awesome. 
And she learned, and she was like, no, the left hand's the hard part because her background was piano and flute, where my background was violin. And so then we discovered that between the two of us, we were able to come across most any problem that anybody might have. And so we've been able to reach people who are starting instruments for the first time at the age, in their late 70s. I have a person who just recently got one of the hymn kits. He's 80. He gets up every morning and he plays his songs. And he only started the ukulele two years ago at 78. And he hadn't played an instrument before. I've had people who've had had strokes and so they've recovered. Or there's another woman in Australia who used to love to play in bands, but she's been in some automobile accidents and she wants to play a smaller instrument that is a little bit easier. So we kind of specialize in being able to take people from the very beginning so, and not assume a base of knowledge before they start. Yep. So we'll come back to the teaching. Um, so, But when you started to play ukulele, was that for the teaching? Yes. For the classroom? Yes. Okay. So you'd originally played, it's interesting, violin was my first instrument as well, a very long time ago. Um, I can't play it now. (laughs) (laughs) I played it for a few years when I was a teenager. Right. Um, I played it um, and I decided it was too hard. Your left arm, it just gets really tired holding that violin up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Actually, my first instrument's piano and violin was my second. Okay. Yeah, well, I was the other way around. I did violin, then then piano. Right. Um, it's a it's a it's a good good background, I think. But yes, it's, as you say, it's very very different to a. The concept is quite different to a ukulele. Oh yeah, because you're playing melody, all the time mm. on violin, and with ukulele That's you can right. do it all. I mean, basically, when you're first starting your strumming, you're giving patterns that accompany singing. But when you start to play tab, when you start to play chord melody, you can do it all and you can take it with you. And it's small, it's portable, it's beautiful. It's all these wonderful things. And, and your sister doesn't, doesn't live in the same city as you, does she? No, she lives out in California and I live in Chicago. So how does that, how does that work with your collaboration then? We do a lot of Zoom meetings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're an old hand at this. <laughs> Yeah, we do this a lot. And I go out to California, I would say, once a year. I was supposed to go out over spring break, but COVID came, so I stayed home, obviously. And uh, I go out probably, a lot of our family's still out there, so I would say I go out at least once a year to visit family and relatives, and we do a lot of our collaboration that way. But we do Zoom meetings once or twice a week. And and how long have you been been doing this with your sister? About six years. Um, So... So your sister had a background in music as well? Yes. Yes, she and I both have a background in piano. We both have uh, master's degrees in piano. And then she played flute all the way through high school, basically. And I played violin, but I never stopped playing violin. So so you're a very musical family. Yeah, very much. My brother played clarinet, he's, but he did not go on with it professionally. My mother was musical, and she encouraged us to be musical. Basically, in my family, everybody's musical. <laughs> it's fantastic. So, um, how? What did your sisters? When you said, "Look, I, I found this ukulele, and, and I think it's awesome. You should play it too." What right. was her reaction? She was like, "Oh, I don't know." And then <laughs> <laughs> I showed her how to do it. And then we and 
she she does with her piano teaching. She does a lot of this technique that was put out by Dorothy Taubman, and she's very interested in movement and in healthy movement. So she works with injured pianists who will often come to her after they've played for years and years and years, and then they find they just can't play as fast or they can't play as well. And she does a lot of retraining to help them with movement. And she was really interested in how to do the strumming movements and how to do the left hand movements on the ukulele so they were natural, so that people would be relaxed and be comfortable and would develop speed and agility but not be terribly stiff when they were doing it. Oh, that's interesting. So I can see that would be good, especially if, if for older players as well. Because I know my mother, she, my mother plays, and but she has quite a lot of arthritis in her hands and it does make it difficult for her. Oh, yes, so, very much. Mm, that's interesting. So do you still play the other instruments or are you just focus on ukulele? No, now? I still play the others. I'm still teaching in the public schools. And right now, of course, we're not because it's our summer break, but also we didn't because of the COVID. So I still teach orchestra as kind of my day job in the public schools. And I do ukulele a lot on the side, but I've been doing a lot of ukulele since we've been uh, sheltering in place because I've had the time to do that. And I'm somewhat yeah. interested in taking ukulele and fiddle and putting some of those things together. That's really fun. Well, they do go together. I and mean, when someone, I, I actually have a friend who plays cello, and we do we, we ukulele and cello go really beautifully. Oh, together. they're beautiful. Yeah, my son is a cellist. I showed him how to. Ah. He went through my he went through my 21 <laughs> songs in six days in 30 minutes because of the background. <laughs> So um, is there anyone in your family who's not musical? Uh, in my immediate family, my brother's not terribly musical, um, but he did play clarinet all the way through. I have three children. They're all musical also, kind of, they were required. <laughs> so they yeah. all... It wasn't, wasn't optional. It was not it's optional not, in my house. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, are you going to play? It's which instrument are you going to play? That's right. <laughs> I wish I'd done that for my children. <laughs> really do. <laughs> and my husband likes music, but he's he he doesn't play anymore. But he played when he was younger. Okay. Well, he can just listen to all of you. He doesn't need to play. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so speaking of playing, might just talk a little bit about the kind of we've talked about the kind of music that you play for teaching purposes. But do you just play for fun as well? I mean, yes. There, what kind of music do you like? Well, I really like a lot of the traditional music, and I like some of the old-time music, and I like a lot of music in the public domain, partly because you can arrange it and do what you want with it, and nobody is saying, oh, it has to go like this. And you can, and I really enjoy that. There's more freedom that way. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Do you want to play me something? Sure. I'll play you Simple Gifts. Excellent. Thank you. 
Tis the gift to be simple, tis the gift to be fair, tis the gift to wake and breathe the morning air, to walk every day in the path we choose, tis the gift we pray that we never Nice. That was great. I, I love I love your finger picking, but I just love that musical bit you did in the um the instrumental you did in the middle there. That was really, really nice. Thank you. Yeah, that's one of the things that is in our hymn kit, but that we try to do a lot, is like I did that in two keys because it's easier for me to sing it low and then to play it high. So I did a turnaround in between to kind of make the transition between the the singing version, which was in the key of C, and then the playing version that was in the key of F. And then um, that's there's a podcast gift that people can go to. They can there will be a link in the show notes, and it's, and it's www. Well, it's my website ukulele.io www uh, podcast giveaway. And what I'm giving away is the music to the song. So it's not really difficult to play. It's something that people could work out and learn to play themselves. And what I did is I just arranged it so I had a singing key, and then I had a playing key, and then I went back to the singing key, and I used a turnaround to get between and I kind of tried to alternate the um, finger picking and the strumming because it makes it more interesting when you can change things up a little bit that's what I mean about the public domain music it's just really fun to mess to play around with yeah absolutely yeah and it's interesting what you say about the singing key and the playing key because I I know what you mean they're not always the same (laughs) no they're not (laughs) my my favorite my favorite singing key is A, but A generally means, of course, in playing E, and nobody likes playing E. Oh, E is really hard on the ukulele, yeah. It is. Um, so often I'll play in G with a capo, I can cheat, but what you've done makes sense, that you just, yeah, you sort of move it around a bit. Right. And it's just easy, it, and women's voices tend to sound better in a different range than men's voices, often. Yes, and most ukulele music is arranged for men's voices, which is something I could go on about for some time, but I'll, I'll, I'll hold back. That's, I'll, I'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah, that, I have found that to be the case, and that's why I just change keys in the middle of the song and use a little transition to do that. Yeah, really, really nice. Thank you. So you sent me um, a, a copy, thank you, of your latest um, book, which was your 21, the hymns. Right, 21 Easy Ukulele Hymns. The first thing that struck me about that, I thought, fantastic, you have actual proper real music, so standard notation rather than just the, the chord charts. Right. And I, I love that because no one ever does it with ukulele. No, I know. <laughs> it made me very happy to see it. So um, just tell me, I guess, when you just started to do these books, what, what was your process for deciding how you were going to do it and, and you know, how you're going to do that notation? Well, thank you. That's a very nice question. It was an evolution. I mean, we originally started with uh, just with just the words, with just the just the lyrics, and we did color coding so that you would know when to change a chord depending on the color of the lyrics. So that was people really liked that. 
But at a certain point, you run out of colors. <laughs> and at a certain point, it's, <laughs> it gets a little confusing. So then I said we should write out the music because even if you don't read music, it's still helpful to know where the chord changes because then it's exactly over the word. Because a lot of times with the lyrics and chord sheets, it's really hard to tell. And you can't yep. tell the rhythm. So that was another thing we did. So then after that, it became clear to me that having the melody tab underneath was not all that difficult to do because you could have two staves. You'd have one staff on top that would have the notes and then underneath you would have the melody tab. And that was really helpful for people who didn't read music because they could then just read the tab. And if they knew how the song went, they would start to learn how to read. So then people would say to me, oh, so this note is longer because it's hollow and this one's short because it's black. And I'd be like, yeah. And they said, yeah, I remember learning way back with piano or in trumpet or whatever about a half note, but it never made sense to me. Now it makes sense. So <laughs> it was just... The context makes all the difference, doesn't it? Right. It was kind of like music notation as you need it and as you grow. And so we kind of did that. And then another thing that people really like is we put the strumming pattern at the top. So a lot of things that you buy, it might be a really great book and it might be a song you really want to play. Like I have a book of Disney songs, it's awesome, but there aren't any suggested strumming patterns. So if you don't know the song or you're not that experienced, you don't really know what kind of strumming pattern you might want to use. And of course, people come from a guitar background or they play a lot of folk music or they play in a band, they have the experience to do that. But a lot of players that I'm reaching out to don't have that experience. And so that was one of the things we wanted to put in there. So we developed this format that is, I think, really beautiful because it has the lyrics in between the two staves. It's got the chords on top. It's got the chord shapes at the very, very top. And it gives you a suggested strumming pattern, also gives you the melody tab. And then there are also um, some chord melodies in there too, like the one I did with Simple Gifts, which was melody and chords at the same time. And again, I tried to keep my melody, my chord melody easy enough so that I could sight read it. And that would mean other people could learn to play it. So it's not moving all over the neck of the instrument. I mean, maybe a little bit, a little bit later. I, the other song I'm going to play is going to move some. But basically, I, I wanted to keep it down where people could find all the notes and learn how to do this and then eventually develop enough skill so that they could create their own chord melodies down the road. And so, yeah, so your current one with the hymns, again, the hymns makes a lot of sense because the public domain thing makes it really easy. Right. Um, to, to, as you say, you, can, you don't have to worry about paying any copyright, but you, I imagine hymns, they're, they're very, very old songs, aren't they? So yeah. there's must be a lot of um, different versions you can listen to to get inspiration. Yes. And the other thing is copyright in the United States is 70 years plus life, I think. So it's yeah. 1924. Anything written since 1924 is still owned. So anything that we would be putting into a book has to be pre-1924. Because even if you could get a print license for it, a lot of times an arranger has sold the print license already to a publisher. And that publisher has already written an arrangement. And they're not interested in writing another arrangement because it's not going to be financially viable for them. And so yeah. they'll so like I have a book of wonderful folk tunes from Hal Leonard, but they're not in terribly ukulele friendly keys because the person who did the arranging was writing for ukulele, banjo, guitar, and mandolin, which is awesome. But 
for me to make it ukulele friendly, I would want to transpose it to a different key. And again, that's a, more knowledge than most of the people that I would be selling books to would have. And so that's one of the reasons I do the public domain materials. I have more freedom to move stuff around, put it into keys that are good for ukulele, put it in keys that are good for singing. And because nobody owns this music, it's public domain, then I can I can do my arranging with it and and that and then I can give it out to people who want to learn it. Oh, it's really, really good. Um, sorry, I did have it open here. There we go. Oh, that's the one, Simple Gifts. Yeah, it's the first one in the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I haven't looked at and you have a, a video that also goes with yes, those? Yes, if you get the hymn kit, you, there's a video lesson with every hymn. And then there's some extra videos, like people have really enjoyed a video where I show you how to play a B-flat chord or where I show you how to play mm. an E chord or where I show you how to, those icky hard chords or B minor, you know, the ones that you don't necessarily, and give some tips on how to practice so you can learn the bar and then try to be really um, encouraging. Well, just try it for five minutes a day. You'll get better over two weeks. And I've gotten emails back from people like, oh, I really loved your chord on the B flat. I can finally sort of do it now. So it's, I know that a lot of people struggle with some of those chords and they show up in songs. You can't really avoid them. That's right, yes. Yeah. So you, you, can, you can avoid one, you change the key, but then you get another one that's worse instead. That's right. That's right. <laughs> There's just certain chords that are going to show up. B flat is going to show up. You can try to, you can pretty much avoid E almost, but E is a pretty hard chord too, so. Yeah, I did finally master it, I think. Well, depends which one you do. The one that's a little way up the bar with the thing. Yeah, that's the one. I prefer that, that one because it's easier. <laughs> it's easier. You know the one I mean. Yeah. <laughs> that one is my favorite. But sometimes it's just too, you don't have time to get there if you're doing a lot of them. Yeah. And, and you, you have... really need to do the one that's up the top. Um, and I did actually master it. Um, when I, actually, when I was overseas earlier this year, I had my little ukulele with me because I couldn't take the koaloha because I right. was traveling and I just was on a plane where I couldn't have taken it. Right. And it was actually easier I found to do the E on the soprano but yes. just because everything's a little bit closer together. Yes, yes. Um, but, um, yeah, I got home. I haven't done it since. <laughs> yeah, no, that E chord is really a bear. And once you got B flat, E is the next bear. Yeah, so yeah, I thought it's about time I grew up and, and learned how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and your website, ukulele.io, that's a great website. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now, do you have another – you said you had another song for Yes, me. I was going to do Wayfaring Stranger. Wonderful.
nice. <laughs> and again, you've got that um, the the melody and the and the chords going on there, which is really really nice. Yeah, I just I just really like that. I just think it's so beautiful when you can play the melody by itself is kind of thin, and the chords by themselves are really not a song. <laughs> so having the yeah. two together, and not everybody sings. That's true. Yes. Yeah, and, that's right. You know, we get a lot of emails from people who say, "I can't carry a tune in a bucket," and I really, <laughs> <laughs> I really would I like that. I'd really love to have something I can play where it will sound like a song. Yeah, or yeah, I'll go yeah, to my right. club and sing, but you really don't want to hear me, and I'm not going to sing for myself at home. So, if people are going to enjoy the instrument and play it, it's going to be better. I mean, we give them the tab where they can just play the melody, but that sounds really thin. So if you can add the melody and the chords, then it sound, it just sounds so beautiful. And if you keep it down low on the neck, it's not that hard. Yep. All right. Well, it's time. I'm going to ask you the question, which is how has ukulele changed your life? Well, ukulele has, brings peace. It brings joy. What I love about it is that it's awesome and it is accessible. It makes you happy when you play it. For students, it's just they can learn the first, they can learn the basics about music really quickly. They can learn melody, they can learn harmony, they can learn rhythm, and they can be moving and going like right away. But that's for me what ukulele has done, especially during COVID, is it was just one of the most awesome things that I could do whenever I got stressed. I would just get out my ukulele, I would practice it, I would start learning new songs, I would create new arrangements. It just brings such joy and it gives you an opportunity to look at the world in such a positive light. And I'm thinking of some of those lyrics that were in Simple Gifts about how um, to wake every morning and to choose choose your pathway and you pray that you will never lose that gift to actually have the freedom to look at life in a positive light. And I think the ukulele gives you the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. Well, Jenny, it's been so good to talk to you today. Yeah, thank you, Meredith. Ukulele is a New Black is produced by me, Meredith Harper. I wrote the theme tune and I performed it with Jasmine Fellows, Jeff Skellums, Jim Croft, Paul Marsh, Chris Williams and Sandra Shaw. Seb Carrero does the graphic design. If you want more information about any of the things mentioned in today's podcast, I have links in the show notes as well as a playlist of songs relating to today's episode on the Ukulele is a New Black YouTube channel. Also, don't forget to download your free Simple Gifts arrangement from Jenny at ukulele.io slash podcast giveaway. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And tell your friends. Episodes are released every second Monday, and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. I'll be back with another episode in two weeks. And I love your theme song too, by the way. Oh, cool. <laughs> I've actually written another verse. Oh, which, you have? Yeah, I'll have to get around to recording. <laughs> well, i have to get my friends together with me. But yes, I, written, I finally wrote another verse. I was in the shower and, and, and the lyrics just came to me. So um, yeah, so probably over the next few months, I'll, I'll get a, we'll get a proper recording. Because it's the new blog.